what is it that you want to share and why? There's so many aspects of your story that you deserve to be heard. Mm. Think about your story and think if there's one thing that you want people to take away from it, what would it be? And just hone that to know tomorrow until you make sure that message gets delivered. Hey everyone, welcome to the Power of Why podcast. This is an interview style show that talks to leaders who are purpose driven. I started to notice a pattern amongst folks who are fulfilled and lived in alignment. They walk different, they know why they spend time doing their work, and they are fueled by impact. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 31 of the Power of Why podcast. My name is Naomi Haile, and I'm super excited to be chatting with the incredible Karina Kotran. Karina, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me, Naomi. Thank you so much for being here and just sharing your voice with the world. I know people are going to be incredibly inspired by your story and and the work that you have been doing in your space. Uh, I want to provide the people a little bit of context um, about you. So Trina has a beautifully empowering story about her personal journey of hearing loss and getting a cochlear implant. Explored in her book, Hearing Differently, she has experience in marketing, communications, and and content creation. Karina is 24, a writer, and a graduate with a BA in professional writing and communications. She's currently working as a communications coordinator while taking on some creative projects on the side. And, you know, in addition to the book that she published, She also decided to start a blog, which we will be definitely delving into here. As the book stands for a collection of nonfiction short stories, short stories, she wanted to really provide a lot more insight into, you know, the daily, you know, the specific day-to-day aspects of living with a hearing impairment, which is why she decided to expand on this through her blog. You know, I think she provides a very fascinating example and and story about um you know from her own perspective and deciding to share her experiences with folks who maybe have a hearing impairment or who don't she's definitely inspired me on my journey and one thing that she outlined she put a quote on her website and it says the true alchemists do not change lead into gold they change the world into words and this is by william h gas you know i really want to thank you for for sharing the world from your perspective into words through your work in marketing, through your published pieces, through your book, through your blog, um, and everything that you pour into the community. So thank you for being here, Karina. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So if you can provide a little bit of insight into your origin story, and what came before you started your book, you you know, published your book and wrote on your blog? Okay, so well, really started from when I was pretty much born. When I was born, I was born to two hearing parents and they didn't know that I had any sort of hearing loss because at the time they didn't conduct any infant hearing tests. But I was actually born with some measure of hearing, which allowed me to pick up on speech and sounds, but not as well as people with properly developed hearing. It wasn't until I was three that I was diagnosed with hearing loss and my parents didn't know what to do. They they were, I was the first child. This wasn't a common problem. It was just very unexpected for them. And as I grew older, 
my healing loss uh, got worse. Mm -hmm. And I have to be implanted with what I would call an advanced version of a hearing aid called the cochlear implant. And since then, I underwent a lot of intensive audio verbal therapy, which is why I can speak as well as I can and hear as well as I can, because I had to adjust to the new sounds that I was hearing that I didn't hear before. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a mainstream school. So elementary and high school, I grew up in a hearing environment, a hearing classroom. I had hearing friends. And... I was just actually one of the only people in my entire school that had hearing loss. So it's not like I had anybody else to relate to. I did spend my formative years pretending that I didn't have it just so I could fit in both mentally and physically with my peers. And that did have a somewhat not I wouldn't say damaging effect but more of a detrimental effect in the journey of accepting who I am and mm. so when I went into university university is essentially one of the more formative years of your life this is when you establish more of an independence and find out who you want to be and what you want to do and I didn't think I took that to my full advantage because I was so caught up in the, this part of me that I've hid for so long that it wasn't until I started expressing myself through writing and then eventually the book and then eventually the blog that I finally came to terms with who I was and accepted that I do have healing loss. And it's nothing to be ashamed of, but also made me realize while it is a part of me, it is not me. Mm. Mm, that's very powerful. So it wasn't until university that you actually came to, you know what, you're right. A lot of things definitely shift once you enter in that stream. You're done high school. Mm -hmm. And you say on your blog too, you know, from, from childhood to adolescent to adulthood, everyone wants to feel like they belong, right? Yeah. And whether you, yeah, hear differently, whether you are a part of a visible minority group, underrepresented group, um, yeah. I think people want to belong somewhere and be a part of a community. Um, yeah. And how, like in university, what were some of the internal dialogues you were having? How did you get to, to terms with accepting? So in university, a lot of the internal dialogue I had was it wasn't intentional because I always thought, I always prided myself on being very resilient and saying, oh, like, I'm not going to let anything stop me from doing what I want to do, right? But I also unintentionally let my hearing loss stop me from a lot of things that I wanted to do. And it wasn't until much later when I really started being a bit more introspective mm. that I realized just how much it stopped me. Like, for example... Um, when it came to dating, I didn't really put myself out there in the sense that I didn't make myself like a person available to date. I like easily shut down a lot of, you know, potential dating opportunities <laughs> or whatever it is that I had in university yeah. because I thought nobody's going to want to deal with a girl that has hearing loss. And I thought that because... 
our world is becoming increasingly more superficial, right? Where platforms like Instagram that became very popular in university, everything, has, everything that was posted looked perfect. And I just thought, well, crap, I'm not perfect. So who's going to want to deal with that? Who's going, who's going to want to deal with someone that's imperfect? Like, sure, I could have the perfect hair, the perfect skin, the perfect outfit, but I'm like, I'm never going to have the perfect caring, right? So I thought, oh, no one is going to want to deal with that. But it wasn't that nobody wanted to deal with that. It was I didn't want to deal with mm, that. I didn't face wow. it myself. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, you had your cochlear implant at the age of seven. Now mm -hmm. you're 24 and you are owning your truth. Why is it so important for you to get really personal and acknowledge the difficult moments of your journey? Because you talked about this on social media, you've been actively sharing your story. And as it relates to sharing your truth with your readers, why was that so important? So I think it's important to get difficult because no one ever really does that. And growing up, everything I had related to hearing impairment was just very like scientific. Mm. Oh, this is what happens. This is how sound gets created. I said, okay, but what about what about what I'm feeling right now? Mm. I want to see something where I'm feeling what the other person is feeling. And I never got that. Even just, you know, like if I was in a loud group setting, I'm 10 years old and I'm like, okay, wow, like I can't hear what any of my friends are saying, but I'm going to go ahead and fake laugh along with them just okay. so I can fit in, right? And at the end of the day, it did not make me feel very good. It made me feel very down on myself, right? And it's tough. And, and I don't want to say that that's the worst thing that could happen because it's not, but for a person who's 10, it's not exactly the greatest feeling. So I wished that someone could actually reveal those difficult moments, like reveal those moments of self-doubt. But nobody wants to do that. People want to show the best part of themselves, right? And I still struggle with that. Sometimes when I'm posting online, I want to say, I'm happy now, right? Mm. But I think it's important to show the journey of how I got to be happy or happier, not that I was unhappy, just right. happier and more content with myself. I think it's important because if people could read those personal experiences, some of the more darker thoughts that I've had, or and even some of the more empowering breakthroughs that I had, I think right. it's important. Then they can realize I went through something very similar and seeing that she's happy at the end of it knows that I can be happy too. Mm, that they're not alone, right? Especially young kids, I think, too. Being able to have a resource or a fantastic example of someone who gets it, someone who gets my journey and some of the struggles that I've and challenges that I'm facing too, and that it's possible. It's possible for them as well. Mm. Yeah. Did you? I'm curious. When you were growing up, did you? You said, "I wish I had a book to read about." You know, other young kids, for example, who had hearing impairments. Were there any at the time, or like who? Who were the confidants that you went to to talk about this? Well, at the time, I didn't actually search because I didn't know that I could. But I don't think there was because when I started looking for it now. Right? I saw, oh, there's like a comic that kind of goes through it, but it's very lighthearted and funny, right? And, you know, it showed the amusing side of having hearing loss. I'm like, which is great, but 
what about the other stuff? Like there's a lot of things that the comic book missed out on, right? So no, like in my experience, there wasn't any. And I've had like my parents and itinerant teachers that helped me, you know, uh, get those accommodations that I needed in school, right? I'm pretty sure that if there was something out there, they would have given it to me. So I didn't really have much of anything, just my own feelings and my mm -hmm. own experiences and talking to my parents who also couldn't fully understand because they've never gone through it themselves. Right. And so in June of 2017, you published the book called Hearing Differently, Growing Up with a Cochlear Implant. Yeah. And it's a collection of, of short stories that you put together about your experience and life with the hearing loss. You talked already about what empowered you to share your story with the world, but please talk a little bit about the timing of things as well when you decided to publish, because around that time you finished university, you graduated. And so what was that at that, like if you take a snapshot of that moment in your life, what was it like and what were you feeling? Okay, so right before I started writing those stories in my last year, I was already writing, but I was writing creative stories, like, you know, creating my own little worlds of yeah. other things. And um, it was also when I was becoming a bit more self-aware, looking more into myself. And I, I was like, oh, now I need to go and I was trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do after school and I noticed I was having trouble talking to people mm -hmm. about like my hearing loss and it would come up when the time came to go to job interviews for internships. I was like, how do I, do I tell them? Do I not tell them? Damn. And I took a pause where yeah. I was like, wow, I'm very nervous about telling people about my hearing loss. Um, I even don't like sharing it with people that I've met in school. And I didn't know how to kind of cope with that feeling. I was very confused. So I decided to change the gear a little bit and start writing about myself. Instead of creating stories about other people, I started writing about myself and all of these stories came out of me and I was like, okay, wow. Like this was very self-healing because it took all those little snapshots from my life and made me think why I felt the way I did mm. and how can I go about never feeling like that again and taking those experiences and actually learning from them and making sure that moving forward, I have a better attitude about things and a better mindset on approaching certain other situations in my life. And so I wrote this collection of short stories and I was going to leave it at that and be like, okay, this is good. This was for me. I did it for me. Then my professor happened to read them and said, you have a story to share. I never mm -hmm. thought it was, I loved hearing other people's stories, but I never thought, oh, like I have a story to tell myself. Even today, I'm like, okay, like, who cares about this? People actually do care about it. People right. actually want to know more and ask those questions and educate themselves, whether they have hearing loss or not. And mm -hmm. so when I published those stories, right, and the moment came for my book launch, and I read an excerpt of my story out loud, 
the most prominent thing I could remember is after reading a piece of my story, a mom came up to me and said, I was debating whether or not to have my child get the cochlear implant. And you just convinced me that I need to do it. Mm-hmm. And that blew me away. I was like, okay. Wow. It is doing something. And I was like, what more can I do? Because I don't want people to go through that feeling of doubt and hesitation of something that they shouldn't be feeling doubt or hesitation about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's quite... And that example is is a moment where you realized the the power in your voice and the power of sharing your story and how that can directly influence the decisions that other people make in their life or in yeah. their children's life and and you talk about you know using this blog and the and the book to become a voice in the deaf community and the hard of hearing community um, but you also share at the beginning of like being in job interviews and not knowing whether this was information that you wanted to divulge. Because right now you work in a, in a corporate setting too, right? You're writing and then you're doing creative projects on the side and you talk about how, how just different ways to communicate, whether that's through email or WebEx. Like you have different avenues and alternatives and how that has also impacted your, your day-to-day too. So can you talk a little bit about your experiences in the corporate setting and, and how you've been navigating too? One of the main things is that I work now in a pretty big company and they have like locations worldwide and sometimes that involves conference calls i'm not the greatest on telephone calls especially if i'm not familiar with the voice of the other person so can you go deeper into that like can you describe when you're on the phone for example okay and what that what that's like okay so uh the best way i can describe it is if I'm hearing somebody on the other end of a call, right, it varies depending if they're male or female. I find that I, under- I understand female voices because they're higher in tone and or pitch and they're just a lot more clear, while male are like a little bit gruffer and they tend to speak a lot faster and the words tend to slur a bit more. So to me, when I'm hearing unfamiliar voices at the end of a call, especially if it's more than one voice, it just sounds like very loud but also muffled voices speaking and every all the sounds are messing in together and i can't quite distinguish what is being said but i can hear what is being said i just don't know what it is that is being said so that can get a lot confusing especially if there's some you know, echoing or beeping or other sounds on the other end or sounds coming on our end. There's a whole lot of factors that come into it. Um, so one of the difficulties was I was on a conference call and dealing with multiple people and they're asking all these questions and I'm just there like, I, I don't know what you're saying, right? And I never actually went through something like that because I never was put in a situation like that. And I had to turn to my coworker and said, I'm like, you need to be my ears for this. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you need to repeat what is being said because I can't distinguish what is being said. And so when my coworker is there, she helps me. She becomes the ears for me, right? But when it's just me on these conference calls, right, I already let them know off the bat, like, hey, everyone, listen, 
have have hearing loss, I can't hear you very well. I'm going to ask you to repeat yourselves or slow down a bit. But if worse comes to worse and I still don't know what you're saying, send me an email after the meeting with your question and I'll get on it. And usually people are very understanding. If anything, they, they always forget, even during the call, that I have some sort of hearing loss. And then they start speaking very fast. And I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, slow down. And they're like, oh, sorry, I forgot. Right? So Rich is actually reassuring to hear because it's like, oh, you're listening to me because you want my expertise in the workplace. And you're not focusing on the fact that I have hearing loss and you're not letting that diminish your view of me in any way, right? So I'm still coming across as very professional. Hmm. Yeah, that's, I can't imagine too. Like I know, especially as you're entering the workplace right after school, for example, and it's a completely new avenue and, and world for, for everyone, this, this added layer is something that, I think if you, you know, haven't experienced that before, it's very difficult to be conscious about what other people are going through. Has it become easier after publishing the book and everything to talk about these things, not just in your professional life, and, but in your personal life too? And how do you begin to have those conversations, whether you're on your dates or uh, like meeting new friends, for example? Yeah, it has become a lot easier in the sense that I stopped when I first started explaining my hearing loss because when I realized, okay, I'm nervous about this. Why am I nervous and how I can overcome it? I'm like, it's okay. I'll just explain it to the other person. My explanations were so awkward. They were the most long-winded, <laughs> more complicated explanations that did not need to be super complicated. And at the end of the day, I was like, oh, I have trouble hearing you, right? This is why. Before it was like a 10 minute long, <laughs> at the end of it, I was like, okay, this accomplished nothing. Writing about it and talking about it helped me refine my uh, yeah. And realizing if anyone has any questions, as long as I say that I'm open to the questions, they can ask me them after. I don't have to answer every unknown question right in my very first explanation and smear the person off. Um, so yeah, so it became like, I became a lot more assertive and a lot more comfortable talking about it and realizing, oh, like if I'm at a party, I can be like, sorry, I can't hear you, right? Let's go somewhere a bit quieter and we'll go back and join the party, right? Mm -hmm. So like things like that. Yeah. And Karina, thank you for really explaining that it wasn't it wasn't clear, like at the beginning, it wasn't refined, your story, because it's a practice too, right? And yeah. I think too, that's why I really encourage whether you're sharing your story on an anonymous blog, whether you're sharing it on social media, the first time you put your work out there, it's not going to be what you think. It's not going to be what's in here. But with practice, you're able to refine it, make it more clear once you get feedback from people, right? And um, this is something that you've been able to do. And now you're assertive and confident when you're sharing your story or when you're sharing your voice. That's, yeah. that's really incredible. And you talked a little bit about the self-awareness piece in your comment as well. So, you know, how important is it to be self-aware when it comes to being purpose-driven and being fulfilled in your, in your life right now? It's very important. Honestly, I think it's actually essential. Like if you're not self-aware, right? 
your purpose is going to be way too broad and way too messy. And then you end up trying to work towards 10 different things at once, and then nothing gets accomplished at the end of the day, right? You don't feel almost complete. So I guess a great way to, an example of that is when I started going through my day and doing like a little journal of, okay, this is what I said. Why did I say that? Or this is what I felt. Why did I feel this way? It really helped me um, narrow down the root cause of why I was feeling a certain way or why I acted a certain way. And then when I started doing the blog and reaching out to all those organizations in the deaf and hard of hearing community, I had no purpose except for I wanted to get my story out there. And but my problem was I didn't know what my story was. And I'm like, I had so many other stories, but I also had so many other opinions and avenues that I wanted to explore that it's kind of, I would vomit it over everyone. <laughs> and it took me a while to refine who I want to share my story with, what kind of stories I wanted to be sharing. Because I was ready to do how-to guides, tips. Okay, sure, I'll share the occasional personal story. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then talking to people and realizing what it is that made me more driven each day wasn't those how-to guides or those mm. tips. It was sharing the deeply personal side. And even today, I'm still working towards that. Like sometimes I'll publish a blog and then I'll look at it a week later and say, this is not exactly what I wanted to accomplish, right? Here's how I can do better for next time. Here's how I can delve more into the personal side for next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't get over the refining piece. Like, what would you say to people who are really struggling to share their story? Because, yeah, what would you say to those people? I would say, what is it that you want to share and why? There's so many aspects of your story that deserves to be heard. Mm. Think about your story and think, if there's one thing that you want people to take away from it, what would it be? And just hone that to know tomorrow until you make sure that message gets delivered. Mm-hmm. And what would you say in like two, three sentences? What would you say that is for you? And you, you did touch it. And it was so great. Before we hit record, you touched on it. And I, I wanted to get this. I wanted to make this heard. Like, what, what is it for you specifically? So the, that one thing, like to take away, you mean? Yeah. Okay. The one thing that I want people to take away is you need to stop using it as an excuse. Your hearing loss is not an excuse. What you say is an excuse is what is actually stopping you from doing what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, when I was in university, I really wanted to become a writer for the school newspaper. Eventually, I did. But I did it two years later than I felt like I should have. And what stopped me was well, I have to interview people over the phone and that's just not going to work out. So I'm not going to do it. I don't know why I didn't think, okay, okay, so you can't interview people over the phone, but guess what? There's like 10 other different methods. Of <laughs> to do. So uh, that was stupid. 
get on it and don't be afraid of telling people, hey, listen, I can't talk with you over the phone because of this. They'll be okay with it. They're not going to be okay with it if you're very sketchy or flaky in your response. Just be direct, right? People care a lot less than you may think. Mm. Yes. So really the main purpose is that people care a lot less about your hearing impairment than you may think. Mm. They're not looking at you and seeing your hearing loss. They're looking at you and seeing the person that you are portraying. And if you're portraying yourself as, I am hearing impaired, then that's how people are going to see you as. But, and at the end of the day, that's not those people people's fault. It's actually yours if you're portraying yourself that way. So, yeah. <laughs> mm, what other, because I, I, I was watching some videos on um, families and their experience with the, like going through the process of getting the cochlear implant as well. And someone made a comment and they said, you know, there's a lot of energy that, you know, people with hearing impairments are putting in and just having a, a conversation as well. Because even the reason why we did this over video um, for the episode was because I'm assuming right now you're reading my lips as well. Yeah. And so there are, there's just a lot more moving pieces than one would be able to, to see, for example, on the surface. But I love how you're talking about that in your blog, like all the different, different nuances of, of, your, of your story too. I'm curious here you on your blog as well i love your blog as you can probably <laughs> tell but you you are really great in terms of storytelling you said quote imagine being able to turn off the sounds of the world with a click of the button with a click of a button i can do that and you really like we i feel immersed in in the story and and what that would feel like it actually really made me think around what i sometimes take for granted too just in terms of the senses. And so I'm assuming, yes, you turn it off, click of the button whenever you go to sleep and it's complete like silence, right? Mm -hmm. And so what does that mean for the way that you end your day and the way that you start your day? Can you like share some nuances in your story on that? Yeah, so um, the way I started and my day is I guess considered unique to a lot of people. Like, um, so when I start my day, I don't put my cochlea on, like, first thing. I'm like, no, like, I got to, like, wake up, settle myself, get ready, like, do my hair, just, like, have, like, that small moment of peace before I turn on that button and all the sounds come rushing at me. Because when that happens, it's like, okay, my brain is about to start working right now. And it's mm -hmm. going to start working to hear. It's going to start working to absorb all the sounds around me and take in my environment. I just need, like, that moment of peace at the beginning of the day for 10 to 15 minutes where I just go about doing my own routine and just not hearing. I'm just being just for a little mm -hmm. and at the end of the day same concept like it's just nice to get into bed and just shut everything off and just open up a book and read and just get so into it and have absolutely no distractions around you like for me that that helped me sleep well like i don't know how you guys all <laughs> 
while hearing things, I'm yeah. just like, okay, like, that's not going to work out for me. Like, right. I, I'm, I'm like, you guys hear way too much. And I'm just like, no, like, I can't sleep without because someone told me oh what if they invented a cochlear implant where it's like in you and that's it there's nothing to turn off or on i'd be like i'd never sleep ever again mm. <laughs> i'm like i would like i relish that moment of peace and i've always wondered why i mean like it's such a blessing to be able to have technology that can make me hear sound so why did i need a break from it I think it's because I was born with not hearing that much sound and it's just something that innately got It's your normal, Karina, yeah. it's your normal. And as you were describing that, immediately it, it just showed me how much of a metaphor it is on, and I'm holding my phone right now, Okay. Um, how much of a metaphor it is for technology and the internet too, because I think why a lot of people feel so distracted with things and yeah. other people's lives and social media and like everything that's going on is because they can't turn it off mm -hmm. and take those moments of, of silence to be and be on their own with themselves to read, to reflect, to write, whatever your creative outlet is. And I'm so happy that you cherish those moments. And the cochlear implant is not the first thing that you go turn to to turn off, just like the way that, you know, some people wake up and the first thing they go to is their phone. Yeah. Right? And so it mirrored like a, a really beautiful metaphor that I think a lot of people can relate to, right? Yeah. Um, and that's very powerful in your storytelling. Very, very powerful. Hmm. Thank you. But yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you're, it's just... Because when you have your phone and people at the end of the day that have been on their phone all day wonder, why, why am I so tired? And I'm like, because mm -hmm. you're in overdrive. All you're doing is doing this, doing that, doing that, reading this, reading that. You have all of these things coming at you and you feel obligated to like every post that comes up on Instagram. And it's like, that's not an obligation though. Like you don't have to do that. You can go and leave it alone for 20 minutes and just you know figure out what do you want to do with yourself imagine right. if you didn't have a phone what would you do like what would you think what's going through your head right mm -hmm. you know just relax for a bit yeah. yeah thank you for that and Karina what does living life on purpose look like for you um it's a lot of self-reflection a lot you so like I wake up in the morning and I'm like okay what do I want to do today and I just work towards that. That's kind of also how I manage my time. Because, you know, with work, family, and other creative obligations, right? You're thinking, when, when do I have time to just focus on this one thing? I think it's more, I wake up in the morning and I think this is what I want to do today. And nothing's going to stop me from doing it. So I just make sure that the majority of my actions for that day is working towards completing that one thing. Even if it's a small thing like, oh, I need to uh, schedule my posts for the rest of the month. Or whether it's, okay, how can I make this blog more personal? Then I'm working on that at like little incremental moments throughout my day. Mm -hmm. So staying focused on 
on on the things that you want to accomplish and taking that time to reflect on what that looks like for you too. Yes, um, and also being self-aware as to why I want to accomplish that one thing. I think it's important to know why you're you're doing what you're doing every day, right? Because that's what's going to drive you at the end of the day, not the result of what's going to happen. Because you can't predict the result. You don't know if it's going to be bad or if it's going to be good or whatever it is in between. It's why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, and that was essentially why I created the podcast too. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, whatever creative thing that you're putting into the universe, whatever you're, the creative thing you're sharing with your community, it, it's, it takes a lot of intention and it takes a lot of time. And if you don't have that, very clear reason why you're doing it you're gonna there are going to be things that come through like on your path that distract you that serve as obstacles and you need a reason to continue and to keep going and to keep pushing just even when it gets hard exactly Mm -hmm. and for like I mentioned earlier around um, how some people you know oftentimes they want to share their story online and they want to build a community but for some reason there's something blocking them what was one thing and you talked about at the beginning but I I want people to to internalize this too what were some things that helped you get outside of your comfort zone when you were first sharing your your story um it was coming to the realization as to why this was out of my comfort zone right um like even if it was something small like telling another person i have hearing loss i was terrified of doing that and i didn't really know why until i had to write it down and really go back to my past and figure out the root cause of what started this feeling in the first place um so writing helped me out a lot what but, was that? What was the root cause? Um, the root cause was just when I got my cochlear implant, I thought it was temporary. Like mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is just going to be a thing. But then when I'm older, it's going to be fixed and I won't need it anymore. Right? And I think going to a mainstream school and being one of the very few people with hearing loss just made me think, okay, well, everyone's doing X, Y, and Z, so I need to do X, Y, and Z, but X, Y, and Z don't work for me because X and Y might, but Z might not. Like, it just, parts of it worked and other parts didn't, and I just didn't know how to really cope with that because when you're five, six, ten, Like you're not really reflecting on your feelings and you're not really, you can't even identify those feelings because you're so young, right? It's not until you go through more life experiences that you start to realize what those feelings mean. Um, So for me, it was honestly like definitely thinking it was a temporary solution and also not having any sort of relatable platform to look towards and maybe guide me a little bit at the time Hmm. thank you thank you for for sitting down with me today and as we wrap up the episode the the last question that I always ask my guests is what's your why you know when shit hits the fan and you're tired and you're on the brink of maybe giving up on your mission what's the reason that you 
keep going and I want you to be be very specific I think back to when I was 18 years old I was just starting my second year of university and this was when my self-esteem was at the lowest not because of you know those typical things that you think when you're 18 it was really because of my hearing loss i let it rule over a lot of aspects in my life back then like like i said before i let it stop me from actively dating i let it stop me from doing extracurriculars at school from being who i wanted to be i felt such a disconnect from the person i wanted to be versus the person I actually was at the time. And I had like these constant negative thoughts and they always led back to my hearing loss. And it wasn't until I was like, I can't do this. I can't live with this constant self-pity when there's no self-pity that needs to be had right now. And it was just one excuse after the other. When you're 18, you should be exploring everything and anything, right? Learning how to become the person that you want to be. And so in the moments that I felt like giving up, I think back to my 18-year-old self and the thoughts that went through my head at the time because I never want anyone to go through those feelings. Mm -hmm. Like I want people to constantly feel excited and proud of who they are and what they're doing and whatever they want, regardless of their hearing loss or not. Thank you. So, yeah, that's what drives me. What drives me is looking back at my younger self and thinking, I don't want anyone to feel that way. And writing those stories will help the person that I was, the person that I am, and the people that I'm trying to reach out to. Thank you. Because I see you and I see um, what you're doing in your community. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> um, because you know what? Like, um, yes, it's called hearing differently, but um, as we touched upon when we first started this conversation, everyone wants to feel like they belong as themselves, as their whole, you know, full, very rich being. And mm -hmm. like that whole time that you were talking, I saw myself in you. Like I saw 18 year old Naomi who didn't want to be black. Like, and I'm so ashamed to say that out loud. But that was my reality back then. And it wasn't until that I flipped the dial and did work on me and why I felt that way that I was really able to come into myself. Yeah. And everyone has their own version of that, that story. And so thank you for sharing your version and your perspective online through your book on social and even in your most intimate conversations with people because it serves, it serves its purpose. It serves your purpose. Um, and thank you for being here today on the Power of Why podcast. Thank you, Naomi, for having me. Absolutely.